Hello, friends. Welcome once again, everybody. This is the Improv and Magic Podcast, and I'm your host, and hopefully your friend, L.D. Madera. Everybody, this is another episode that I'm really excited about. Today, my guest is one of the current top magicians and an international sensation, and his name is Javi Benitez. Javi is a master of sleight of hand, but more importantly, he performs with such a high level of charm, beauty, and passion. What Javi presents aren't simply tricks, they're pieces of art. He hails originally from Sevilla, Spain, and was a student of some of Magic's biggest influencers, like Arturo de Escaño and Juan Tamariz. He's a regular performer at the world-famous Magic Castle in Hollywood, and has performed and lectured at various stages in Las Vegas and around the world. He's also performed on many national and international TV shows, including Penn & Teller Fool Us. And yes, he also won his very own Fool Us trophy, and since then has been described by Penn & Teller as the best sleight-of-hand artist they've ever seen. Javi and I got to speak just after he finished another performance at the Magic Castle, and I have to be honest, this was one of the most moving and inspiring conversations I've had here on the podcast. I was truly moved and touched by so much of what he said. My mind was so blown after listening to him. This is a moment I will definitely treasure, and I hope you will as well, my friends. So why don't we get to it? Here is my guest... Javi Benitez. My friends, this is such a thrill because I'm joined by someone who is absolutely amazing. He is Javi Benitez. Hi, Javi. How are you? Hello. Hello, everybody. Hello, Luis. It's a pleasure to be here with you today and all the people that are listening. You just got done performing at the Magic Castle. How did that go for you today? Well, it's it's a blast, you know. After five years not coming, uh, because, you know, the dark days, we call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, finally, I'm here back, and it's like my second home, so I feel really, really, really good. And also, people has, you know, I can feel their love. I can feel their how supportive they are with me so it's really heart touching you know mm -hmm. absolutely was it difficult for you to kind of go through the pandemic knowing that we couldn't go to theaters and audiences couldn't gather to watch magic absolutely like everyone uh, i had a you know i just lost all all the the, the geeks that i had and i was going to make a uh, tours around Asia, around here and around South America and also Australia. And in one year, in 2020, I was going to do, you know, I was totally full of, uh, of my schedule was burning. And then suddenly everything started, you know, to just disappearing. And, and yeah, and uh, it's been like that. So I, I didn't even recover like, you know, full again uh, after that you know yeah well but it's great that now we're finally back in a little bit more normal times and it's just great to see you back out into the world and performing again and i'm sure we've all missed you too yeah yeah thank you yeah it's uh everything is coming back so that's great i'm really happy now <laughs> <laughs> wonderful wonderful you do seem like one of the most happiest people i've got to to meet <laughs> <laughs> I try to be happy all the time. That's, yeah, otherwise this world makes no sense, you know? So, and I think, you know, something talking about magicians and magic and not, well, I don't know, but uh, I think magicians should have a mission, you know? Uh, not only entertain and, and that's it or that can be, but, but I want to think about what's my mission here uh, in this world, uh, being a magician. And, and one of the things I think are plenty, but one of them is, you know, is trying to make this world a little better to live, you know, 
so there are so many dark things and so as bright as we can be the better for this world so so this is what i pretend no i'm a magician that i try to bring happiness i try to bring you know astonishment uh, to make well a, a little better world for everyone Hmm. Yeah, that definitely comes across in your performances because I can't imagine watching you and not smiling. You know, you just have that wonderful effect where you share that joy and, and love with everyone. Is that always such a big part of how you create your performances? Well, I, I don't really think so. Um, actually, my Requiem to Ascanio is a very, is kind of dark piece, uh, even though can can look funny, but but I'm not pretending to be funny. I'm not a comedian that have like a script or many jokes in, in my show. Everything suddenly happens and, you know, and, and it's just a question of attitude that I, I just want, want to enjoy and to play with people and... Um, but I don't really have like a script of what I'm going to do. It depends on, on the people, if they want to play with me. And I, I try during my shows, I have, for example, at the Magic Castle, I have 20 minutes. So so at the beginning of the show, I, you know, it's like I'm doing my casting. So I'm looking at the people, I ask them, uh, for example, I ask them also if they are single or not. And I start playing with that trying to to be beyond magic magic tricks no mm -hmm. magic tricks is, is something that helped me to express different things but but i cannot forget that we are a group of people there all together creating something i don't want to be just a just an screen uh, I, I want to to be with them and and to make them uh, engage them into the show so so I cannot be very tight in my script, you know. Wow, I really love that. That's so that's so wise. That's so wise. Um you're originally from Spain. Yes. What part of Spain did you grow up in? I born in in, in Sevilla. Sevilla I think now is is more well known than before. Uh it's a very ancient city, very a lot of history there. Uh, since the Romans and much before also. So it has a very root uh, and long co connections with uh, also with magic and, and especially with, with cards also. So since, since Sevilla was the, the capital, uh, the, the economical or capital of, uh, for business during the, the years of a uh, well, 1500, 1600, 1700, Sevilla was a, a, cap, a big, big capital. Uh, so many things happened there. And since the pack of cards uh, were at that time there, uh, so, so many, many cheaters and hustlers, well, people that play, no gamblers and all that were were taking place and on those times. So there, there is a long story um, um, that I think we, we will discover more and more. For example, the other day, uh, a friend of mine discovered that there is a, there is a, 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 an engraved cups and balls in, in the cathedral in, in my hometown in Sevilla from from 14 1487 i think oh wow yeah so it's very interesting and so while uh, i'm researching the story of my of my area also but but i think well sevilla is very nice and i invite everyone to to come and to contact me because i i i am many long time there and i love to you know to to meet people there and show my city. So I'm very happy with that. You know, it's funny. I was born and raised in Miami and the street I grew up on was called Sevilla Avenue. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, so we have a bit of a connection here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Wow. How was life like for you when you were growing up? Well, very good. I, I mean, I... Even though my my parents broke up uh, when I was like eight years old, um, but the first 
uh, well, the f my first years were in in Canary Islands, beautiful islands there. Then I moved to Sevilla, and and then well, my life has been good, comfortable, and we didn't have like we were not rich but not poor, so good a good family, and and my part my my parents are great and. Um, so, so I could study in, in good uh, schools, and and I did my my university in Madrid. In I did advertising and graphic design, and and then I could study also in New York, in SBA and School of Vis and School of Visual Arts and and Parsons School of Design. So I was going to be a you know, creative director, and I did for for ten years. But but I am I've been always, you know, uh, in love with magic. So so I call myself a hobbyist. You know, I I love magic. But the problem is that I love so much that I need twenty four hours to think in magic. So that's why I quit from my job to be twenty four hours a hobbyist magician <laughs> i'm so jealous of you right now for that <laughs> yeah but yeah i am right now 47 years old so so talking about my life there well i can i couldn't be more happy you know we we grow up in a farm at certain point and then in the city of sevilla and then i traveled to madrid and then to to new york so so you know i'm I'm very privileged. I cannot say anything else than that, you know. Was it very difficult for you to kind of leave that that career path behind so you could pursue magic or was it just very easy for you? What's what's uh, well, you know, talking about about um economy and talking about the business was really hard. It was really really hard talking about uh quitting from that world was very easy because I was not happy with that world, you know. So I just, well, I was just was pretending to to be nice with my father and all that. And at a certain point, I said, "Okay, I did it this, but but not not anymore. No, I don't really like so so not not like. My problem is that I don't is that I love magic. I think that's that's the only thing, and and also I like. I like people be nice and and in this in this kind of businesses I I maybe I was not lucky enough and and my my boss were not very very nice so so for example they I remember the first time that was a problem I had an invitation to perform at the Magic Castle and and I had vacations I had a one almost one month vacation and and they didn't want to give me the permission to to go to the Magic Castle, so I missed that year uh, of performing at the Magic Castle, even though I had my days. But but they didn't manage to have another person that could be, you know, instead of me. So I was forced not to not to do that. And then next year I was invited again on two years after after that, and then I just quit. I. I wanted to perform at the Magic Castle, and so they they were not very well organized, and that's not my fault. And I said, okay, I don't, I don't want to, you know, to depend on other people' organization. I want to organize myself. So when I started doing magic, the first years were really, really tough. The, that's the truth. And then I, I started performing on the street, and then from there, you know, on and on, and and then getting better and better yeah what was it that got you interested in magic in the first place the topic of magic or what you what... Um, magic in general like when did you discover magic and what was it that got you really interested in magic well you know that's very strange uh, i think well i think no i'm, I'm sure <laughs> my first memory life is a magic trick so I was like two years old or three years old, and my father uh, did a card trick, uh, you know, a card transformation, and and uh, and I remember that I I never forget that. 
so so since then I I've been very interested in magic and uh, every time I watch a magician I was paying a lot of attention was like rubbing my attention and then when I was 11 years old my brother started doing magic my brother Pablo and I I started with him and and then he moved to juggling and I still I, I was still with magic and and that was so um, so yeah since 11 years old it it also is a coincidence uh, the time with uh, Tamaris Juan Tamaris the the famous Spanish magician performing there uh, on TV many many times and René Lavan and Jose Carroll and many other great magicians. So I was watching those TV shows and then Tamaris pulled out um, a course in magic also. So I was also buying that course in magic and learning magic. And well, you know, in the 90s, there were a boom of magic uh, and magicians, a new generation of magicians, thanks to Juan Tamaris especially and, and also later on, with Arturo Dascanio that we learned. So so to me, magic was like a career. So I took like the first 10 years in my magic uh, was like studying, you know, more than performing uh, and then start performing and, and studying. At the same time, I, I, I never stopped. So now. Juan Tamariz is definitely a, a big legend in magic. Did you ever get an opportunity to meet and work with Juan? Absolutely. I, I moved to Madrid. Uh, I moved to, Ma- moved to Madrid because I, I, I was invited by Ar- Arturo Dascanio and, and Juan Chamariz to go there. Uh, so I, I met Juan every Monday. Uh, we were uh, all night long talking about magic, learning from him, and sometimes going to his home and all night long talking and learning magic and watching some videos, classic magic. And he was, you know, uh, making comments and all magic 100% of the time, every single minute. And I wa- it was so, so strong, my connection there that my university, uh, I had a problem because I couldn't go to the exams and I was late every day and they didn't want that. So I talked with the main, the manager of the university and I told him that I was learning magic with Juan Chamariz also uh, at the same time. And and then this guy that knew Chamariz very well, he he made, he talked with all my teachers and they changed the hours for me. To, to do the two careers at the same time, magic and, and advertising. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so curious. What were some of the things that you learned from Juan Tamariz? Well, not there is so many, so much. I, he's a genius. And both Juan Tamariz and, and Arturo Dascanio were genius. And... And Juan is, well, what I learned, one of the things that I learned, okay, to answer your question, one of the things is what's important, uh, an important quality in a human being. And I learned from Juan that one of the most important qualities that a person can have is la capacidad, the capacity of uh, of judgment, uh, la la criterio tener criteria criteria mm-hmm. okay that's one of the most valuable things that one can can have to distinguish between not between what is good and what is bad that can be easy you know but to have a very fine sense of criteria means to to make a difference and to see what is good and what is better, you know? Yeah. Sometimes we magicians do this technique or this other technique, and we don't know. Well, you have to know which is even better, you know? Or in a in a show, I do this way, or I finish with this. 
I can finish with many trees. I can finish this way or that way. Or I, well, which one is better than the other? Why this trick I should do with this gimmick or with this technique and this other and, and not with this? To 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 know uh, what is better. That that's that's to me the key. And both Tamaris and Ascanio had this criteria to know what is better. And and I think it's something that you can you can learn. You can you know once you have in mind and you think about it and and you make an analysis of of uh, everything well you you can you know develop your criteria um, um and it's very helpful very helpful in life to to have criteria to you know to to be with people to to be nice with people to not screw up you know relationships to to respect you know so that's to me one of the most valuable things that I learned maybe indirectly from Juan because he he never teach you much but yeah but he said this trick what do you think well I like because of this and this and this yeah but the weaknesses points are this and this no and this method has this strength um, points and uh, so you have to think and analyze why I'm doing this in this way well because I you know uh, uh, is better for this for this and for this so uh, if for example a method is is good because the spectator can touch the deck uh, and you have other methods but the spectator cannot touch the deck so it's better the one that they can touch because they that avoid any use of you know special or trickery or something. Okay, so I'm going to use that method even though the other one has a technique that I love to do with a very strange palm that is very deceptive and this and that. Yeah, but but you are not connecting with people with that technique. So it's better do this other one that connects you with people and they feel that they have control and all that no? so these kind of things has been very helpful and, and I think it's interesting yeah wonderful wonderful well you definitely specialize in close-up magic uh, I love your work with cards and you know you do a lot of great close-up magic with other objects as well what is it about close-up magic specifically that you really enjoy the audience being being to engage the people um, make people being part of of the magic you know to me to me magic is is a character there is a play when, when I when I perform what I to me uh, everyone and everything is a character so I'm a character the audience are a lot of characters. Uh, the pack of cards is a character. The effect that happens is a character. So the effect can tell me that I'm scared or tells me that I'm curious or tell me it depends. Each effect has its own character and makes me react in different ways. Um, I try to avoid um, to to do an effect just because I can do it, you know? Mm-hmm. That message that is very we, it's very common nowadays in internet and, and TikTok and all that, no? It's like, oh, look, what can I do? Uh, and, and they put faces and this and that, but it's, at the end is is what what Vernon used to say is, there is nothing more boring than a young, handsome guy doing something cool. It's like you, there is no contrast here. It's like, of course, you can do that. Of course, you have time to learn that, and of course. But what, what do you, what can you, or what do you have um, to tell me more than that you are cool? I don't need people say you are cool. I, I don't need that. I, I. That's not what fits me. So. So to me, what I want is just to share and to have fun and to enjoy and engage and, and be part of it. 
So to me, everything is, an, is a character. When I ask the spectator or when an spectator is helping me, I, I least, really listen to, to him or her. And that's why I don't want to have any script because the script is writing at the same time it's happening. You know, I have a guide but I don't respect much the guide because uh, I really want to enjoy the moment with them and with magic. And sometimes the effect is a surprise, sometimes it's not. And today, for example, I, I did two, three shows, no? And the same people came, uh, more or less the same people came for the first show and for the last show. And in the last show, they, they uh, went and I was listening and they were like, wow. It's incredible. What a master, because even though it was the same show, I feel that was totally different, you know, and that's a compliment, great compliment to me. It's like, yeah, that's the idea. It's a different group. It's a different moment. I feel different. So it's going to be different. I love that. I love that. You mentioned a moment ago that you're a character and the audience is a character. And I'm curious how much of yourself do you put into that character that you present to the audience? A hundred percent, not a hundred, hundred fifty percent or two hundred percent. And this is also something that I learned from Tamaris. Tamaris is, is a beast in communication. It's a beast as a magician. Uh, I've, I've never seen, well, few of them, Pepe Carroll and, and Juan Tamaris, but not much, many people are so well communicating and throwing energy to the audience like Juan Tamariz. So I want to learn that. And and, and to me, that's uh, a Tamariz said that he's more Tamariz when he's performing than when he's in real life. And I agree. And I, I try to do that in real life. I cannot you know, maybe do some jokes or certain things because people can think that I'm, you know, a little nerd or stupid or whatever. But in my show, I can do whatever I want. I can say whatever I want. I can, whatever. So uh, ask, uh, answering your question, I'm like 150% more me in a show than than in real life. Hmm. I definitely see you being influenced by art in a lot of the magic that you present. How much of an influence is art for you when you create a piece? Well, you know what? My father, that was a civil engineer, he is the person that reads more, uh, the person I've met that read more. He was reading every day at least three to four books at the same time. And he finished the, those books in less than one week. He read the Bible. He read like three times. Uh, Quran also three times that he was even not uh, uh, Muslim or anything, but he read uh, four times. Uh, he he had a huge collection of, of books and, and he read them all. He read really crazily. So... So my father was very into knowledge, okay? And so since I'm uh, a kid, uh, we have been traveling around the world with my father uh, and going to museums everywhere, in Paris, in, even in, in Florida, even everywhere, in Egypt, in many, many places with my father because he loved to travel. So... So I've been in museums all my life, and I've been watching paintings and, and sculptures all, all my life. So so to me, it has been something natural to be in connection with art, because magic is kind of young art uh, in the sense of uh, modern magic. Mm-hmm. I think the cinema and art forms has been more, much more studied than magic in, in certain areas. So I, I try to, to apply those knowledges uh, to magic to, to make to find my own path, to find new ways of, of, of doing or, or creating uh, 
pieces. For example, the the Requiem to Ascanio, the piece that I present in full as the first time. I, I, I created that piece in, in 1997, and I presented in full as in 2017. So uh, <laughs> 20 years later that I created uh, and I didn't create that piece to fool magicians uh, or to fool Penn and Teller. I created that from one point of view that I learned from Ascanio, that is, uh, we have to try to do magic even for magicians. Or, as Ascanio would like to say, we have to try to create magic even for laymen. So it's like opera. Opera music is for connoisseurs, it's for people that knows, you know. But if it's a good opera, everybody can can see the opera, can enjoy the opera. But if you know what is it about and you know how good, how well they sing or, or the music is, much the better, you enjoy more. So to me, uh, doing some magic just for laymen and don't taking care about details, about, you know, these kind of things that, that people that appreciate, well, it's, it's something that I don't like. I, I, I want to do something really, you know, that has uh, everywhere you see it is, is good, is nice, is beautiful, you know. So I, I don't remember your question, but it was getting close. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just we were talking about how how art influenced your 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 magic. Yeah. So yeah, I've been reading many books about art. I've been trying. Ah, I, I was talking about the Requiem. Imagine in 1997, I was doing this piece of magic with music, no words, and only cards, and only one effect that is you know, changing color and color and color, pretending to say that magic talk by itself, that we don't need to talk over magic. We just can't leave magic happen for five minutes and you you can car magic especially because well we 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 could see that in, in a stage magic, no musical acts. But with cards or coins to have a musical act at that time was something very rare was something that uh, not only very rare I, I i never saw at that time a musical uh, close up at beside one one tamarisk trick with but it's, it's not a trick it's, it was uh, uh, making ribbon with with cards and, and colors so to me it was something to prove that magic is an art or not only a comedy uh, comedy magic is 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 the one that is valuable, but any other kind of magic can be uh, interesting, no? So yes, I think today that magic is not only entertainment. Magic can be many things, many things. Whatever you want it to be, it can be. It's a very rich art form that has many sides, and the only one that can decide what is magic is the magician. You know, you are definitely very good at your technical skill, but at the same time, your performance quality is really, really good as well. And it's so beautiful. Which do you find more important? Making sure that the technical side of it is perfect or making sure that the performance quality is perfect? Here it depends in which area you want to to move, no, to be. It depends on the audience that you want to to be with. It depends. You want to be a professional performer. You want to perform at the Magic Castle, or you want to perform more at a bar, or you want to perform more on the street. It really depends. You know, um, we can see. Can you? You can just perform on internet and get a lot of uh, money with that and and don't even do a one live performance. So it depends on, on what you, on where you are. In my, in my case, in my case, what I like is, is both in, and technique has to be as good as possible, you know, but in reality, when I'm performing, I try, try to do more simple every time. 
angles used to be very bad. Um, so if you have a trick that you can do only in certain situations, that's not very good because you cannot practice that trick every time. And the less you practice something, the the worse you do it. Mm -hmm. So I I try to uh, to have uh, tricks that I can do everywhere, and that technique is not a big deal. Also, because if uh, once I get older, it's gonna be more difficult to do those techniques. So I have to improve also the the non-technique things like mnemonica or or any other tricks with digital. And, and of course, to me, presentation is everything. But not presentation, communication, to be connected with the audience. That's, to me, the main thing. Uh, if, if that has a word, because presentation means many things, no? it's very difficult to, to know what is exactly presentation. But to me, the main thing is to be with the audience. And then the rest. So if you do a trick that makes you think about the technique or make you think about maths or whatever, that trick is not helping you hmm. because you cannot connect with the audience at that moment. And I don't like that. It has to be 100% connection with the audience and then the technique, if it's going wrong, it's going wrong. If it's going right, it's going right. Who cares? But you have to be with them and to have you have to be, you know, connected. Uh, and people, it's just a trick. It doesn't really matter what if, if something goes wrong. It's, it's all about the connection with the audience. So for that, you better do clown classes, um, you better do, you know, any kind of communication art form that are there classes and learn and, and going to museums and, and watch the painting and why and see the figures and see you know, how how they do, you know, the sculptures and and these movements, these, you know, contortions and all that that you can apply to your performance and, and, and enrich your performance because you are not only a magician but you are a sculptor also uh, so it's different how you move how you your position and and your face your eyes there are many things involved there and so so the masters of the past has been thinking a lot about how to attract attention in a body motion or 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 position of the body so we can learn that from from art you know yeah, I definitely see you incorporating a lot of movement into your performance. And especially when we watch you on Fool Us, there's definitely so much great movement happening. Why is movement such an important thing for you to incorporate in your magic? Well, it's a lot because it's, it's, um, it's communication. It's the problem I, I learned in, in New York many years ago, that magic books usually, and especially since since coin magic books, and uh, are about the the hands, only the hands and the technique with the hand. And if you read since the fifties, the books and all the pictures are only the hands. Most of them, they don't take care of on on the body, except Slidini. Slidini books, the picture are his whole body. Because he was conscious about his body and how important was the body movement in the deceptive, uh, in the deception of magic, in in the technique and many things. So body language is something that we have, and without body language, it's just a puzzle. It's just okay. Look what I can do. But if I see a performer, I want to see his relationship uh, with magic. What's what's his relationship with magic? And I don't just I don't I, in my I don't want to see someone with very skillful um, pulling cards out of his hand. Okay, that's just technique. And if I want to see a technique, I go to see a juggler. You know, mm -hmm. better than a magician. And and the coin goes here and there and here and there. Yeah, it's cool. It's great. You are cool. You love uh, perfect. 
but what's your connection? What's, I want to see you. I want to know you. So I, that's what I learned in New York. And I think I, I try to apply. I, I, it's not only about the cards. It's not only about the trick. It's, it's about me. It's about you. It's about the cards. It's about the world. It's about uh, the mission of making this world better and, and, you know, enjoying. So that's it. That is so beautiful. I, I really love that answer. And I love what you say about connecting with the audience. And I think you're absolutely right. I think you can be really skilled at a good card trick, but you know, if you're not connecting, people will just go, well, that's a cool card trick, but you know, watching you, you definitely perform in such a high level where we can't help but be so drawn to you and so connected with you. And that's what I find really beautiful about your performances. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's, that's my goal. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's a, it's about beauty, you know, art has been the classic art was about beauty. And what is beauty? Beauty is communication. Beauty is when, when you communicate in a, in a clear and beautiful form and, and that's it. That's that's all. Hmm. You know, I also learned in design, and maybe this is useful for for some people that are listening. I learned what is design. Because we magicians have to design our shows. We magicians are designers of our tricks. We are like directors, uh, movie directors. I tell you what you where you have to look what you have to, what this means, what uh, this car means, what this other car means, why the four aces or why the four kings or why your selected card or whatever. So I, I have to be a, uh, to be a guide. But mainly what I have to do is to design the trick for you to understand what is the trick about and and you get the emotion. And But what is design? Well, design, to design a chair, to design a table, to design a, a billboard, what design try to do is to make you feel comfortable getting the, the information of it. For example, a good design of a chair is a chair that you know how to sit and you feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. That's a good design. If you have a chair and you don't know how to sit on the chair... <laughs> It's not very good design. If you have a table, but the table is bended, so everything you put on the table fall down to the floor, well, it's not making my life easier. <laughs> and if we see a, an ad or a billboard and it's well designed, we know what they say. Uh, for example, is this name of uh, the Lion King. Okay. And it's about a lion. And where can I see it? Well, I can see in this theater. And where can I get the tickets? Okay, I can get the tickets here. Okay, that's a good design. But maybe sometimes we see an ad where they put a big number, telephone number, huge telephone number, and we don't know what they sell. Why I'm going to call there if I don't know what they sell? And then below, no, this is a lawyer. (laughs) Well, I... Just tell me what kind of lawyer it is. Use the, the, the space to tell me what kind of lawyer and maybe I call if if I need it. So make the design easy for me. Give me first the information that I need first. Then give me the second information. Then the third and the fourth. In magic is the same. We And this is connected with what Vernon used to say. No, Confusion is not magic. So we have to design... And, and to to make things beautiful, easier, comfortable, to understand, to enjoy, and to relax. Just, that's all, like sitting on a chair or on a couch, just being good. And there are some tricks that are so complicated that it's like a bevel table that you put something and fall on the floor. It's like, just make things comfortable. I, I just want to enjoy. I don't want to be, you know working with my brain, especially when magic asks for the spectator a work on the brain all the time. So we we must to be very careful in the design to make it beautiful. That's it. Hmm. Do you ever get nervous before performances? Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I get nervous uh, before the performances, during the performances, after the performances. Uh, to me, has been uh, an ease sometimes. I don't know why I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. Um, um, yeah, uh, all the time. That's, mm. that's to me the worst. And at the same time, is is something nice. But it's something that you have to to deal with. I don't like those people that doesn't get any nervous. Really, there are people that uh, before a show are talking to me and hey, these very relaxed and they are not concentrated in what they are going to do. Or I don't really like that. I I feel a, a responsibility every time I perform, and I want to do well. And so I I get a little nervous. Yeah that everything is correct and then everything is going to, to go well. Especially when you, like me, uh, have not um, a tight script because I have to improvise a lot. And when you when you play with improvisation, you have to have many things prepared, many outs. You have a very big achievement, which not a lot of magicians have. In 2018, you became a winner at FISM, Federation Internacional Societe de Magique. I got a, a prize in FISM. I didn't get like winner, of, not champion of, of FISM. Okay. Right. Yeah. Well, for me, it's still a big deal. To get anything from FISM to me is a big deal, I think. It is, it is, yeah. But how did that make you feel to receive this prize from such a well reputable worldwide? magic competition well i don't care much about uh prices more than than they are useful to create they push you to to do it very good and prices are good for reputation for especially to get jobs you know to be hired but beside that i don't feel i really need and i don't want to to be influenced by a, by a prize. You know, I've seen people influenced by the prize they, they got. People that say, I'm the best in the world because especially, for example, we have in Spain Pepe Carroll that he was an incredible magician, but but he he kind of quit from magic when he won the FISM prize because he thought that he was the best in the world. Hmm. So prizes are kind of, uh, you know, double side and can be something not very good for some people. Hmm. You know, I've had some friends, good friends that I really trust and work great and we hang out, but they won prizes and and I couldn't talk with them anymore. I They didn't even answer to me anymore. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they got famous and maybe they think, I don't know, talking to me is not what they want or I don't know, but, but I don't want that happens to me. So, so to me, uh, these prices are, well, like a guarantee that, uh, that you are good for others. So people can sell you and can say, Hey, let's hire this guy that has a fishing, that he's a fishing winner. But beside that, I, I'm very careful with prices. Mm. I, I really like that a lot. And it's something that I also believe in a whole lot. The need to keep yourself grounded and keep yourself humble, I think is a very important thing. And, you know, you've achieved so much and you've done so well, but I love that no matter what, you don't seek the prizes. You seek the connection more than anything. And I love your ability to keep yourself humble. Yeah, to me, when I was in fishing, I just wanted to to share with with the magicians the act that I did in in Fulas. Some people asked me, and on internet, they they said like, "Oh, this is camera trick or something. This cannot be done in real life." And so I said, "Okay, I go to fishing and I show them that it's possible to do it in real life." And so I did it, and they gave me a prize. That's great, but. But I especially just wanted to share with the community the trick in, in life. Well, I think out of all the accomplishments that you've achieved, I have a feeling that the one you probably are the most proud of 
is being able to fool Penn and Teller. <laughs> not, not really, no. <laughs> not very proud of fooling Penn and Teller. I don't think. Uh, no, no, no. I I went to that show and I didn't even know that they had a prize. I I had no idea. I I, I refused all, the, all those kind of shows that got talents and all that. And and they called me because they saw that I was performing at the Magic Castle and. And they called me, hey, can you you want to perform for Penn and Teller, this and that? And and I didn't know what it was about. And I said at the beginning, no, no, I don't like Got Talent shows, so I don't want them to say something nasty to me or something like that. And then they write to me many times and they say, no, no, this is a different show. They are going to be nice, this and that. I said, you know, I don't want to be thinking about fooling anyone. I just want to do magic. I, I don't I don't pretend to fool anyone or this is magic is not about fooling people. Magic is about entertaining, about, you know, engaging, whatever, but but not not fooling. That's puzzling, that's I don't know that so I refused at the beginning and they insist and then I saw the, the show. And then I agree, and I thought that was going to be good for my professionalism, but not thinking about the price because I didn't thought about a price. I, I was thinking, okay, I'm going to have a video, very well done, and I'm going to promote that video. Mm-hmm. And also I'm going to share this piece of magic, the requiem that I've been doing for people, but I do like for 20 people each time. So if I can do it for $1 million, well, at that time, I didn't thought of even a million. If I can share for 100,000, then 100,000 that I've shared with. And now less people left to see this act. So I just went with that in mind. And if you see the video, I I am as surprised as one can be because I had no idea. And I didn't even know the price and Taylor was trying to give me a price and I, I didn't even care because I, it was not in my mind that there was a price there or anything. When it appeared on TV, it was uh, I at that morning, I entered very early and I entered internet to see if the video was on air. And I saw, saw like there were in three hours were like 250 or 300,000 views in the video. And I was like, oh my God, (laughs) what the hell is this? And then, wow, yeah, what's crazy. That day was absolutely crazy. Hmm. You know, when I saw you on Fool Us, and I don't know if anyone's ever told you this before, I love the routine. It's so beautiful. But I also loved your facial expressions during that routine because it's just, it's definitely you showing us you. And that's what I think can be easy to lose in magic because I'm sure you know, there's a lot of magicians that just kind of do the same thing and the same thing and the same thing. But a lot of times, a lot of magicians forget to show us you. How do you manage to keep showing us you? How do you make sure the audience sees Javi, every single time. Well, trying to be naked, trying to be natural and not care about what people think about you. Just being yourself. Another person that I really like is is one eccentric clown called Thomas Kuvinek. Thomas Kuvinek is a friend of uh, another friend of mine called uh, a juggler. There is a group of, of clowns called the Gizmo Guys. My very good friend, Barrett Felker, uh, he, he was in his house and uh, in New York and came Thomas Kubinek, an incredible clown. And the good thing about him, uh, or what I learned from him, is to be natural. Just be natural. Just be you. Don't worry. Don't worry if people think that you're stupid. Don't worry if people think that you are nasty. Don't worry, just be you, be natural, relax, listen to them and they will listen to you. And that's it. We all have something could be not good, but also that makes us unique. If you are always smiling, always pretending, oh God, that's, I cannot do that. I cannot stand with 
pretending to be something every day. I am what I am and I'm changing every single day. Today I'm different than tomorrow and than after tomorrow. So just don't worry about it. Don't worry. You do whatever you want and people will love you if you if you don't <laughs> you don't hit people or do something right, nasty. Right. If your heart is is nice. Well, in my case, I I, I really uh, want since I'm a very young. I, I want to be nice, and I want. I I think I'm nice. I I, I like people. I love people. I I care people. So, what do I have to hide? I don't have anything to hide. You know, in improv, there is an expression that's become very popular, and I think it speaks exactly to what you're saying. The phrase is, you are enough. Mm-hmm. I've never heard that, but but yeah, absolutely. If you have a rich life, if you, you know, I think also you have to have a rich life, no? Going to cinema, uh, going partying, uh, to, uh, hang out, meeting people, talk with people, mm, enrich your life. That's batteries. Going to a theater to see a play, that's recharge your batteries. So move, get out, get out of the phone, get out of the TV, get out of your home. Just live your life. And if you live your life strongly enough, you have many resources there to to express. Yeah, uh, that's it. That's it. The, the secret is is very simple to to travel as much as you can, being alone, get lost in the world, rediscover things, whatever. But something. Otherwise, you have nothing to tell. Hmm. That's so wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And Javi, I have one more question for you. What is the one piece of advice that has served you well that you want everyone else to hear? Okay. There is one that comes to my mind right now. And and that advice came from an advisor. <laughs> an advisor for Fulas. And he's my dear, lovely friend, Michael Close, that helped me a lot, a lot. And I still use that advice even to the last fees and winner in Car Magic. Uh, that in an interview, he said that uh, he had in mind my advice, that actually is the Michael Close advice that helped him a lot. And he won the, the first prize in Car Magic. And he's, the, the advice is very simple. And before I appear, uh, I I did my appearance for the show in, in Fulas. He told me, just relax and just remember that you are Javi Benitez. It's the same thing as you said. You are enough. You are enough. Don't worry. You are enough. Mm. What we want to see is you. Don't worry. The rest doesn't matter. So I, I, I think this is very helpful for, for everyone. Before you go to perform, just think you are Luis. That's all you have to matter right now. There is no time for anything else. There is no time to check the props. There is no time for nothing. Just remember that you are who you are. That's it. And get out of here and perform and, and be you. That's a great advice. So thank you, Michael, for for that advice. I have learned so much from you today. (laughs) (laughs) This has been so wonderful. Javi, muchísimas gracias. Thank you so much for your time. And I wish you so much love and success for the rest of your life, my friend. Thank you so much. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you very much, Luis. Love you. (laughs) (laughs) all i can say is wow i hope you were all inspired as i was javi benitez is truly an amazing man and i want to thank him so much for chatting with me today let's all thank javi by visiting his website javibenitez.com to learn more about him and his work 
And when you have a chance, I encourage you to watch him on YouTube, especially his performance on Penn and Teller Fool Us. I promise you will not only be amazed, but you'll also be moved as well. Thanks everybody for listening in today. Feel free to check out my YouTube channel, LD Madera Magic, and be sure to also visit my website, togetherbymyself.com, to learn more about my solo improv show. Enjoy your day, everyone, and remember that you are special and important. I'm LD, this is Improv and Magic, and I'll catch you next time.